Please turn with me to Psalm 25. In deciding on a psalm to present, uh, the Lord impressed this one upon me and gave me a great deal of benefit and comfort from it, and I hope that it will do the same for you as well. Amen. In dividing this uh, psalm, I found it was most helpful for me to consider the first 12 verses um, as David's power in prayer with the Lord and how he uses the Lord's own nature to invoke the Lord's help and forgiveness, uh, as well as expressing his desire to walk in the ways of the Lord. Verses 13 through 15 are some of the blessings that come from walking in the way of the Lord. 16 through 19 uh, is David expressing his desolation, and 20 through the end uh, is really a summary of the different aspects of the psalm. Follow along with me as I read Psalm 25. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Amen. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Right. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Right. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Mm-hmm. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Amen. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. Amen. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Amen. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. O bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon mine affliction and my pain, and forgive all my sins. Consider mine enemies, for they are many. And they hate me with cruel hatred. O keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Amen. When I first read through this psalm, I was moved by its intimate and personal nature. It provides us a glimpse into David's heart and the relationship he had with the Lord and how he prayed and talked to him in that very personal way. And it's my hope that covering this psalm, we can learn just a little bit about how to approach the Lord and how to take our our needs to him in prayer Mm -hmm. and to develop that personal relationship with him as opposed to just going and asking aimlessly for things that we need. That's that's not the way to do it. So let's, let's go through this. The first three verses, David starts by stating very clearly where he puts his trust. 
And as a result, he reasons with the Lord that if the Lord would not come to his aid after putting his trust in him, then he would be ashamed and his enemies wouldn't feel the consequences of their transgressions. Now, I pray that this is not a foolish analogy, but I think of a, a child that comes running home after school when he got beat up by some kids and comes to his father and tells him what happened, you know, tears running down his face and a bloody lip. How does that father feel? Furious and angry, and he's going to go confront those children and come to the aid of his, his son. How much more our Heavenly Father? Right. So David uses this natural relationship and response of a father to invoke the Lord's help toward him. In verses 4 through 12, uh, David here is entreating the Lord to show him his paths and to make him to walk in them. He's also asking for the Lord's forgiveness in times where he'd slipped in the past in verses 6 and 7. I appreciate through these nine verses here that he's also using these other ways to reason with the Lord through his own nature. Mm -hmm. Consider the following. The salvation of the Lord in verse 5. His tender mercy and loving kindness as well as their longevity in verse 6. His mercy and goodness in verse 7. His goodness and uprightness in verse 8. His love of meekness in verse 9. The blessing of mercy and truth, if one were to walk in his ways, in verse 10. His own namesake, in verse 11. And finally, his blessing and guidance on those that fear him, in verse 12. Right. So David uses all these, these different attributes of the Lord in order to influence him and have him direct and forgive him for his sins. This whole idea of reasoning with the Lord is part of God's nature and one of his attributes as well, that he makes himself vulnerable to us right. in prayer, Amen. just like he did with Jacob before he was to meet Esau. Of course, the Lord doesn't need reminders of the past, the present, or the future, but he makes himself vulnerable to us, and we should take advantage of that. There's a lot more that could be said about those nine verses, but for our purposes, I hope we can use it as an example of how David used uh, reasoning with the Lord uh, and, and prayed purposefully and wisely by using those different attributes of the Lord. In verses 13 through 15, uh, those are describing some of the blessings that you receive uh, if you walk in the ways of the Lord and seek his face. Mm-hmm. And while I appreciate the peace and the prosperity in verse 13 and the salvation from trouble in verse 15, the one that is particularly special to me is in verse 14. To think that the omnipotent Jehovah, the creator of all things, the upholder of all things, wants to share a secret with us. It blows my mind. Amen. He wants to share a secret. He wants to esteem and separate those that will seek after him and walk in his ways by revealing something he's hidden from everybody else. Amen. Not only does walking in his paths and in his ways lead to the joy and happiness and stability and confidence of walking righteously, but he wants to, to share something private and precious with those that will do it. Incredible. What's preventing us from walking in his ways and seeking after his face with our whole hearts. Whatever it might be, prayer is a great first step. And then a second step, and get closer and closer to him through prayer. In doing so, he'll bless us abundantly in in this life and in the life to come. In verses 16 through 19 are what really caught my eye about this psalm when I was reading through it. If you've ever been afraid or alone, mm-hmm. or distressed, or desolate, 
then the pain of these words is all too familiar. And David had afflictions I can't imagine, and I don't want to imagine, constantly throughout his life, and some of them were his own doing, but I know most of mine, if not all of mine, are my own doing. But who do we call upon in those times? Who do we run to in those times? David had the perfect response in verse 20. Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. David put his trust in the Lord because he knew the Lord would deliver him. If we put our trust in the Lord, the Lord will deliver us also. Amen. The Lord will not stand idly by while those that call upon him with their whole hearts are ashamed and in desolation. He won't do it. Psalm 9.10 tells us, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Moving on to verse 21, as stated before, the Lord, walking in the way of the Lord, not only provides us the most important part, which is that personal relationship with the Lord, but it also leads to the righteousness, the integrity, the foundation, the confidence that comes with being a righteous man, a godly man. Right. Finally, in verse 22, David again is calling unto the Lord for redemption and preservation in a time of trouble. In conclusion, I hope uh, from this psalm that the next time we approach the Lord's throne, whether it's just a time of prayer or it's in desolation, that we'll try to strive to incorporate some of these different aspects of prayer, of the reasoning, the personal expression from our hearts, not just mentioning things to him. He knows what we have need of, but develop that relationship. It takes time and it takes effort and work. But he will be there. He's not going to leave you Desolate is not going to forsake you. Right. Our Father in heaven is full of tender mercies and Amen. kindness and loving and loving kindness and goodness and truth and salvation and guidance for us and forgiveness for us. Right. He wants to reveal a secret to us. Let's run after him. Yes. Let us use the power of prayer and walk closer to the Lord with it. Amen. Amen. Amen.